Hello, my name is Eric, and today I want to talk about my psychotic cat, Malcolm. So, sit back, get a drink, have a joint, have a gummy, and relax, because this is one of those long stories. Welcome to the craziness that lives inside my head. Party people! Yeah! Tag team music in full effect. That's me, DC. I grew up with dogs. When I was three years old, my stepdad had a Doberman pitcher named Princess. She was very protective of me. One day, my dad spanked me for being naughty, and Princess attacked him. He got rid of her the next day. I've had a lot of dogs in my childhood. They were very loyal. When we lived in a house, my duty was to walk the dogs. We lived on the first floor, and our kitchen window was above the cellar door. So, walking the dogs meant opening the kitchen window and let the dogs out. They would jump out the window onto the cellar door underneath it, then into the backyard. When the bank foreclosed on our house, we moved into an apartment. My mom would wake me up at 6 a.m. to walk the dogs, which meant getting out of a warm bed Get a uh, dress in my boots, winter coat, fur hat, leech the dogs down six flights of stairs and walk them in the snow until they did their business. Then hurry it up back home where it was warm. After I warmed up and started to wash up for school, my mom would be yelling at Pudgy. Because after all that walking in the snow, he waited till we got into the apartment to do his business number two. After that, I no longer found myself wanting a dog for a pet. In my drinking and drugging days, I wanted a pet and I had friends who recommended cats. You see, you don't walk cats. They have litter boxes, my cat parent friends would brag. So, in 1982, I took over my aunt's senior citizen apartment in the Brevoit Housing Project in the Bronx. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. In Brooklyn. I moved to the Bronx, but at that point I was in Brooklyn. She went south to take care of my grandmother. And she had six months left on her lease. Because with the six left uh, months left she had on the lease, I could live there until I find an apartment in the Bronx. I went to the ASPCA and adopted two brother cats, Tiger and Tony. It was a perfect match. I fed them a can of cat food in the morning a bowl of hard cat food, a bowl of fresh water, and cleaned out their kitty litter box before I left for work. On Fridays, I would leave the apartment at 8 a.m. for my Wall Street job 
and don't return, I should say, and didn't return until 6 a.m. Saturday morning. I got home just in time to feed them their daily can of cat food, replenish their bowl of hard cat food, and refresh water, you know, refresh their water, and could clean, and I cleaned out their, their litter box. Now, when I moved to the Bronx, I took Tiger with me and gave Tony to my friend Robert, who lived in Washington Heights. Now, Tiger had a problem with my blasting of the latest disco beat on my stereo high fidelity component set. The noise was so much for him, he would go crazy running around the apartment to find a, a hiding place from the noise. One day, I had my balcony door open and noticed, and, and you know, didn't notice that he ran onto the balcony. I didn't know anything about it because I was partying at the post, to the pulsation of the beat. Until there was a knock at the door. It was my my neighbor, my next door neighbor. She told me that my cat Tiger jumped off the balcony. I had a one bedroom with a balcony facing Manhattan on the 13th floor. By the time we got downstairs, the neighborhood kids had surrounded this dead cat in tears. Why did he jump? cried one little girl. He probably was chasing a bird, I answered. Oh no, yelled out my neighbor. I was on my balcony and I saw him jump up on the railing. Then he jumped to his death. Huh. My next cat was given to me by a friend. It was a Siamese kitten. Sabu had a horrible habit of scratching my brand new furniture. I bought this can of cat repellent strip spray. I followed the directions, sprayed in all the areas that Sabu would scratch. It worked, but all he did was started scratching in new, new places. My apartment was always hot and humid all year long, so I would leave one of the bedroom windows open about six inches from the bottom. All the windows had screens. One day, I came home and Sabu was nowhere to be found. I looked everywhere. I searched in my closets, underneath furniture, crevices. You know, cats have a habit of hiding in crevices. Um, I became desperate and called a friend, and I assured him that I did a thorough search of the apartment, except for the open window, which I thought was a ridiculous place to search. But I took his advice, and I went over to the window, and voila! There was Sabu hiding in between the window screen and the window pane. I didn't think about it at that time, that he may was getting away from all that cat repellent that I was spraying. However, he found new places to scratch 
And I got so mad, it took two cans of cat repellent to spray every piece of furniture in the apartment. The next day I came home from work, it was very windy day that day in the Bronx. The wind gusts were up to 50 miles per hour. Once again, I couldn't find Cebu. Then I went to the window and realized I forgot to shut the window. You stop him from going in, you know, between them. When I raised the, the blinds, there was no Sabu and there was no window screen. My next cat was given to me by a fellow employee. It was an alley cat she found in her, in her neighborhood. I named the cat Kitty Cat. It was a strange cat, though. It would eat out of my garbage can and wouldn't eat the cat food I put out for her. She wasn't the sweet, cuddly kind of pet. She kept to herself. She loved the sofa, so that was her sleeping area. There was no problem with her using the litter box. Until the day I left her, I left for work and didn't know that while I was getting ready for work, she snuck into the walk-in closet. You know, cats are very sneaky. So when I closed the closet door, she couldn't get out, and there she stayed for the whole day. I usually leave home around 6 a.m. and usually don't return home until 9 p.m. Kitty Cat was locked into the closet for 15 hours hours. When I got home and couldn't find her anywhere in the house, I immediately went to the window to make certain that they were all closed tight. I didn't want another cat to blow away. And, and they were. I called my friend and told him how baffled I was finding, not, you know, not able to find my cat. When I opened the closet door to hang up my coat, Kitty cat ran out. I was so flabbergasted. <laughs> I was so flabbergasted, as they say in the old days. Then I was horrified. She took, uh, you know, this smell took over the closet. They had this, you know, that smell all in the closet. And then I saw that most of my clothes she tore down from the hangers, and she had scratched them into a bundle. In the middle of the closet floor. When I unbundled them, they were infested with cat urine and cat feces. Kitty cat had to go. Between eating out of my garbage can and using my clothes as if they were kitty litter was more than I could stand and I couldn't stand anymore. I told my sister the reason why my determination to put the cat up for adoption, my sister wanted the cat. She had mice infestation and the cat would solve the problem. I told her about how kitty cat loved to eat out the garbage can and how she had better be careful not to lock her in the closet. Her youngest daughter named the cat Kathy. Well, months went by and I realized that I haven't heard anything about Kathy. When I had, conversa when I had conversations with my sister, 
You know, no, she never mentioned it. By the way, sis, how's Kathy? You know, I asked. It was a couple of months, I think, now, yeah. She goes, I caught that bitch on top of my stove eating the fried chicken I've cooked for dinner. And that was about a month ago, she grunted. So where's Kathy now? I threw that nasty ass cat out the window. My sister lived on the eighth floor. I named my next cat Sparky. He was my sober cat. After spending 30 days in a rehab and going to AA meetings, NA meetings, OA meetings, and work, I need a company to soothe my fix my my tired psyche. I didn't have time to have friends during that schedule. From from the you know, I adopted him from the ASPCA. I think that was on 92nd Street and York Avenue. He was a sickly cat. The vet gave me medicine that he had to have twice a day. Before bedtime, I would place Sparky in a shoebox, give him his medicine, place a warm towel over him, and slept with the shoebox by my side. Sparky grew to be a warm, loving pet. I spoiled him so much that my neighbors would complain about his meowing all day long when I was not home. He missed me. So when a girl at work found a female stray cat in her barn with her left eye bleeding from a fight that the cat had with, with her adult cat, who actually lived in a barn, she doctored the stray cat back to life and went around the stock exchange trading floor asking fellow employees if they would be a pet parent. I, be I became that pet parent because I wanted that cat to keep Sparky company. When I wasn't home, of course, and I'm always at work. And a lot of times I never was home. He needed somebody to be there. I named her Sheba. Because when she arrived at my apartment, she would sit straight up in a corner of the living room like she was sitting on a throne, like a queen of Sheba. Sparky and Sheba got along well, and I haven't heard any more complaining from my neighbors about the whining all day. I took Sheba to the vet to have her eye checked out. Her left eye healed, but it appeared that Sheba couldn't see out of that eye. The vet assured me that Sheba did not lose her sight. There was a scab covering her eye, and she could see out of it even though the scab was blocking the view. Well, for $2,000, the scab can be removed, and then she'll have clear vision, explained the young veterinarian. I'm good. I assure her, I wasn't rich enough to pay $2,000 just so Sheba could see clearly. Well, after 13 years of life, my baby Sparky's kidneys failed. I cried for days holding Sheba in my arms and made her promise not to die on me. I was stricken with grief. One day a friend from work heard about my Sparky demise 
and asked me if I wanted her cat. Her boyfriend hated the cat and he gave her an ultimatum. It was put the cat to sleep or sleep alone. I got another friend of mine who had a car to drive me to Washington Heights to pick up the cat. The cat name was Malcolm. From the first day Malcolm arrived at my apartment, he was very obstinate and distant towards me and Sheba. He wouldn't allow me to pet him. He would allow me to pet him for a minute, then attack my hand. I would slap the hell out of him and he would just snub me and walk away. He was brutal towards Sheba. When, when Sparky was alive, Sheba and Sparky would sleep together on the sofa. She would give Sparky a tongue bath every morning. And at night, the two of them would sleep with me. After Malcolm's attack, he had to go. But somehow I felt sorry for him because his last pet parent was going to put him to sleep. I know she told me that she thought her boyfriend was abusing him. He would beat Malcolm a lot with a strap. Poor thing, I thought. Let's see if this is going to work, old man. I frowned at Malcolm. After a month, Malcolm became more affectionate towards me, but I wouldn't dare pet him for fear of getting scratched or bitten. However, he took all of his aggression out on Sheba. I would scream at him to leave her alone, and when he persists, I would throw something at him like a book or my shoe. It was the only way to stop his attacks. There were times when I would become a sadist. I had a get-together with a bunch of my friends one day, sometimes once a month. Malcolm was so sweet, he sat on the sofa and meowed for attention. Oh, he's so cute, my friend David said as he pet Malcolm. And like clockwork, Malcolm attacked his hand, leaving scratch marks. I assured David that Malcolm had all his rabies shots. That's not funny, David scorned at me. I had Malcolm for 10 years when Sheba died at the age, Sheba died, who, who died at the age of 19. I got him when he was three years old. So Malcolm now was 13 years old. Hadn't changed a bit. I felt depressed when Sheba died in my arms. I loved her and Sparky. The two of them were the best pets I've had up until that point. Malcolm, on the other hand, was a devil in disguise. The other, uh, the other sad part, I was preparing to move to Connecticut in a one-bedroom bungalow. It would be the first time living in a house since my childhood. I've always wanted to have a house, but never could get a mortgage. After Sheba died, Malcolm was acting a little strange, as usual. I felt like he was stalking me. He's only playing, laughed the cat lady at work. He attacked my feet. That ain't playing. He did it twice so far. I'm getting rid of him, I assured her. Give him one more time 
and be patient. He's only playing. She smiled. I have to admit, she was the cat lady with six cats of her own. So I figure she knew what she was talking about. However, this blind fate of hers got me bitten. It was a nice, quiet morning. I was preparing to leave my apartment for work. I lived in the Bronx and I daily commute to Connecticut. That's why I was moving to Connecticut, that daily commute, which was the main reason why I was moving to Connecticut and had concern about Malcolm. I didn't want to take no cat with me to Connecticut if he's going to attack me. So I couldn't resist. Malcolm looked so cute sitting on the bed that morning. I could I couldn't. I never saw him in this calm, cute state. I started petting him. In fact, I petted him for a good 10 minutes. He usually attacked in two minutes. I was thinking, wow, since he's the only cat around, he may have, you know, he may feel more at ease. Then Malcolm sucker punched me by attacking my hand. I slapped him to the floor. Then he attacked my, my ankle. I kicked him off of me. And once he fell off of me, he ran into the, into the um, living room. And I was running behind him with a broom. Because I was going to kill the son of a bitch. I was ready. I was, I was going to broom and stab him with the broom. That's it, I yell. You're not coming with me to Connecticut. After, two, after 10 years, I had enough of his shenanigans. I got a hold of him and before he could run underneath the sofa. I held him by the collar. I went into the closet with my free hand and retrieved the pet carrier. I threw him into the pet carrier and then I ran over to the balcony and was going to throw him off the 13th floor balcony. But... This voice in my head says, no, that would be cruel. I took him to the ASPCA on my way to work. I had to pay them $35 to put Malcolm down. I showed them the hole he made in my leg and it was still oozing blood. They had to keep him alive for five days to make sure he didn't have rabies, you know, before they can put him down. After a week, I got a call from the ASPCA's in, informing me that Malcolm didn't have rabies. To this day, I can't understand why I kept a psychotic cat in my apartment for 10 years. I guess it's the same thing, keep, keeping having relationships with a psychotic men for 20 years. Anyway. Thank you for listening to the craziness that lives inside my head.